welcome to the Imperfect Buddha Podcast, the podcast that's willing to go where other Buddhist podcasts fear to tread. Coming to you from Trieste, Italy and Bath, England, each episode we discuss topical issues concerning Western Buddhism, with a bit of banter and occasional guests. You can join in the fun at our dedicated Facebook page and Twitter feed. Download episodes from SoundCloud and MixCloud. We recently finished the third in a three-part series looking at Buddhist enlightenment. This series has been quite popular, and it marks something of a way stage for Stuart and me. In our first episode, we explored ideas raised over at the post-traditional Buddhism website, in which a humanistic, non-dual practice approach was loosely married to the four stages of awakening. We looked at myths, language and identities, and asked a lot of what-ifs of Buddhist enlightenment. We had Daniel Ingram share his perceptual model, and we discussed the limitations of enlightenment, or the models of enlightenment, and the issues of myths and so forth surrounding it. Adrian Ivakiv helped us construct tools to understand a world away from subjects and objects, one of processes, relations, and environmental embeddedness in which participation is a constant and escape no longer an option. This world sounded eerily like a post-enlightenment world, something that Dan and I discussed too in looking at human fragility. A number of themes were explored throughout, and many of them are in need of further attention. Some of these are worth mentioning again, for they are disruptive and potentially revolutionary. They include enlightenment as part of a narrative, possessing a man-made form, it holds cultural value within a practice tradition, and only really finds sense enclosed within that tradition. Being a narrative, additionally, it picks up traditional baggage, and in the process accumulates a matrix of values, symbols, traps and indulgences, all man-made, all attempting in some way to answer and respond to human questions and needs. This is quite different from the superlative discourse familiar to many Buddhists. Enlightenment as having little value beyond a given tradition. Certainly not valued by wider society, if considered at all, it has a specific marginal role in wider society's narratives, essentially ending up as an empty signifier. What happens to Buddhism then, and its enlightenment in the wider landscape of ideas and human practice? Hmm. There is also the illusion of perennialism. Many spiritual folks hold on to the belief that all religion is one, and that ultimate truth exists as the endpoint of all true religious spiritual traditions and so on. I often think of this as an elaborate game of validation for one's own spiritual shallowness. It certainly accompanies a lack of critical thought and learning. So hopefully you've noticed that a post-traditional approach takes enlightenment on and asks of it a number of questions. What are you without your tradition? What is human and shared about you, if at all? What shared human principles can be understood from your tales? What happens to you if you lose your secret language, your splendid status, or even your power? Hmm. So what is After Enlightenment, then? That's the name of this podcast episode. Well, here it actually means something quite specific, and it could be one or more of the following three. Firstly, it means After the Myths the stories, the fantasies have failed us or fallen apart. 
It also means after-peak experience or experiences, initial, later or accumulative experiential breakthrough and or awakening-like experience has taken place, come and gone, or perhaps become too familiar. It means after the illusion of escape, salvation, perfection or happiness has hit home and we are left wanting or even bored. This is what I mean here by after enlightenment. Now one issue that emerges when looking at contemporary Western Buddhism in this critical post-traditional way is the lack of support and guidance outside of mainstream Buddhism. We are frail after all. We need each other. So where do we go? Do we give up on Buddhism or spirituality completely? Do we look for another balsam? Do we accept the contradictions and limitations of the tradition we're part of and just keep at it anyway? Well, people respond to these experiences in different ways. But what would an after-enlightenment look like? Who will help us on our way? Who can help us out when we take the red pill and leave the Buddhist bubble or realize that the dreams we took or brought to Buddhism have failed us? Get ready for some shameless advertising. There is a link at the post-traditional Buddhism site to my coaching work. I haven't explicitly advertised it here at the Imperfect Buddha podcast, but since putting together this podcast, I've had an increase of new clients inspired by its content. Many are looking for a way forward after initial or long-term disillusionment with mainstream Buddhism, meditation, or spirituality in general has set in. So I thought I ought to advertise my wares here. Well, at least let listeners know they're out there. I say this because I'm somebody who struggled to find a decent teacher or decent support for many years. Now that said, there are a number of explicitly Buddhist or meditation teachers out there, and I am not one of them. I'm not a Buddhist teacher or even explicitly a meditation teacher. I don't have a nice mindfulness certificate anywhere. But I do incorporate both Buddhism and meditation into my coaching work. It would be hard not to do so after 25 years of pretty intense involvement with both of them. I actually see my coaching work as an extension of the Bodhisattva prayer and the recognition that we must choose to participate and that we must choose to share our knowledge, gifts and talents with those who may benefit from them. I originally trained as a person-centered counselor in my early 20s, but finding it a very limited approach to helping others, I moved on to life coaching, which is far more dynamic and practical. These two form the foundations of my working methods. They provide the basis from which I use post-traditional Buddhism and or contemporary shamanism, which I'll explain briefly in a moment. The approach is holistic, working on the totality of our lives, and seeing all spiritual practice as firstly human, secondly as necessarily concerned with the reality and circumstances of our lives and our lived experience. So no room for escapism or the superficiality of the happiness trail. What is spiritual is certainly up for debate, but in my view, it does need to concern itself increasingly with the full spectrum of our shared humanity, which is, of course, both personal and individual, and shared and collective, an observation that's not fully realized in Buddhism. So, briefly, a coaching provides a systematic approach to establishing patterns of change, inquiry, or self-development, utilizing goals and meaningful objectives and working with patterns. It also means unlocking dysfunctional patterns of behavior and looking to find balance. 
It means examining and changing beliefs, working with intent and personal responsibility. Coaching is a collaborative affair. Counseling means listening, connecting and being honest with ourselves. It means finding our own answers and recognizing how we negotiate feelings with ourselves and others and create elaborate codes of emotional expression and suppression. It means being compassionate and understanding towards our own limitations, failings and fears and liberating all of this from the narratives that tend to repeat and dominate our sort of internal world. Post-traditional Buddhism, well, it takes our immediate and accumulated experience with Buddhism, uh, Buddhism understood as practice and as something you do, as the perpetual starting point for the path. It involves examining myths, assumptions, expectations and potential. It draws on traditional Buddhism, but is free to experiment, mold and personalize practice to make it relevant to our lived experience. It assumes that we must act on Buddhism and not just receive it passively. Contemporary shamanism, perhaps the oddest aspect of the four, although it's not really that odd, uh, sees the human world as a ritualized one, in which patterns are the expression of shared ritual gestures. Stories are the means through which we enact our shared ritualized existence. It works with the symbolic nature of the human world and with dynamics, such as power and weakness, fear and confidence, freedom and entrapment, as well as many, many others, and the deliberate encompassing of cycles of death, change and renewal. It recognizes that form is always emerging out of emptiness, and that participation means engaging with the forms of our individual and shared humanity as potential spaces for liberating experience. This is not so far from the sort of tantric world as articulated by Chogyam Trungpa. So if you're familiar with his work, uh, much of the contemporary shamanic world will likely resonate with you. So each of these four elements informs the way I work with people. Coaching is generally based on cycles of short-term support, which are renewed as needed. If it's helpful, basically it can continue. If you're interested, get in touch. And most of the people that seem to come to me both in Italy and through Skype are people who've been involved with some sort of spiritual practice for some time and are looking to move on or find perspective or have given up on it all and are wondering what's next. I primarily work through Skype and of course I work with people in Italy too. Uh, you can find more information at the Post-Traditional Buddhism site and the link to coaching there. My email address is oconnellcoaching at live.com. O'Connell is O-C-O-N-N-E-L-L. There it is. That's my shameless advertising. But do be aware, this is my second job. I actually have three jobs and I certainly don't rely on coaching for my income. I don't need to convince you to come and engage in my coaching practice or continue once you've got what you need. It's important to say that because the whole issue of money and earning is a contentious one and there's much that could be said on that topic. In fact, we might bring it up as a, as a, a podcast episode at some point. For now, uh, do know that uh, there are teachers out there who are trying to work on Buddhism and this is me doing my small part. I'll see you next time on the Imperfect Buddha Podcast. Take care now.